Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 341 for Tuesday, the 1st of April, 2014. So nice to have you here. Uh, before we get started, you see a new face here. Bailey J. Thompson's joining me. Uh, she's got a new headset microphone because you remember two weeks back, uh, we had some really bad uh, difficulties with our, our extra microphone. And uh, so uh, very graciously, a, a completely anonymous donation came in from our viewer, Jot, and uh, was able to purchase a new microphone so tonight we've got this brand new microphone very pleased brand new co-hosted that and uh we'll get started so glad to have the new microphone glad to have bailey here nice to see you nice to see you too all right here's what's coming up in the newsroom blackberry has won the court order and ryan seacrest won't be allowed to follow his dreams making the iphone more usable the government in Turkey has begun hijacking website addresses. A newly discovered exploit in Microsoft products allows attackers to take control of your computer by simply sending you an email or file. Police hope to cut off revenue streams for piracy sites by sharing a list of verified illegal websites with advertising agencies in hopes that they'll cut them off. And one of the fake Microsoft support call scammers is going to jail. Stick around, these stories are coming up later in the show. Bailey, thank you so much. Tonight, we're going to be installing this really great wall outlet that actually eliminates the need for all these extra charging devices going into the wall because it gives you 2.5 amp outlets outlets that you can plug your USB devices directly into. We're going to be installing that tonight. Also, one lucky chat room participant is going to receive our premium Category 5 TV logo stickers from the merch store. So much time and so little to do. Wait a minute. Flip that. Reverse it. Thank you. It's going to be a great show. Don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Category 5 Technology TV had a little bit of difficulties off the top there. The Guauld had taken over, and uh, now we've got things all worked out. Bailey J. Thompson, Hello. nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you. That's better. That's better. I'm That's Robbie better. Ferguson. Nice to see you. Um, oh, Category 5.TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.TV slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Bailey. Uh, get your Category 5 Technology TV t-shirts and other paraphernalia at shop.category5.tv. Uh, we've sold a few of those shirts, and people are starting to get those and very, very excited about them. They're very good quality. Uh, get over to shop.category5.tv to check them out. Um, also, 
really big, exciting news. Category 5 Technology TV is coming to the Roku uh, in exactly one week from tonight. And that's a really cool little device that connects into your standard TV or HD TV and gives you broadcasting from over a thousand television channels. And Category 5 Technology TV will be there in its full HD glory. Uh, so you can actually, if you haven't already got a Roku, you can pick one up uh, through cat5.tv slash Roku. And it's spelled R-O-K-U, uh, and have it in time uh, for our launch next Tuesday night uh, or shortly thereafter. So, really cool way to be able to watch Category Five as well as other broadcasting, and finally cut the cable and uh, and be able to save some money. <laughs> cool. Our mobile website is up at m.cat5.tv. Check it out. Awesome. Scan that code. <laughs> You've got all of the on-demand video and live video. Kind of cool that you can watch and listen to Category 5 live during the broadcast every Tuesday night right on your mobile device. That's kind of a bonus. So without further ado, welcome, Bailey. Nice to see you. Thank you. You've been here before, so you're familiar with the studio and things are a little bit more comfortable than just, you know, all of a sudden thrusting you into <laughs> Category 5. And so... We figured out before the show it was episode 269. 69 and 300 I also visited behind right. the scenes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that was to promote your company. Yep. How's that been going? Very good. Yeah. Kept me busy. Yeah. We have our next book coming out next or yeah, this month now. Very good. So, yeah. Cool. Going Kids well. enjoy it. I do character voices as I read Petrie's lines. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. What was the one I did? Oh, it was like Gollum. Petrie actually sounds like Gollum when, when, oh. I, when I read it to the children. That's a new one. <laughs> which is rather interesting, but they giggle and giggle <laughs> because he, he's... I can't do it right now because I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the air. But he, he, it's really, really cool. Anyway. That's, Interesting. That's I'd like story. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of how, how I do it, but I do it. That's yeah, really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Can't do it on, on command. <laughs> no. So your, your bio is up on our website, category5.tv. There's some interesting stuff uh, there if you want to learn about Bailey and, and what she does and how she found her way to the show. Um, it was Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All Twitter. And here you are. We needed, uh, we needed somebody to fill in, and here you go. Uh, one of the things in your bio is it states there that um, my pens aren't good enough for you. Can and I sometimes <laughs> it's kind of sorta sometimes during the show we got to take notes and and on your bio what does it say i can only ever or i prefer to write in purple pen and i think it even says if it's not a purple pen i, I will refuse to write at all costs <laughs> i i actually found uh, a purple pen F- finally after many many stores uh, debbie at dollar tree was very good to help mm-hmm. me find a purple pen but she laughingly because it was a bulk pack mm-hmm. i couldn't get just one purple pen no i had to get a pink pen too and so debbie said that i actually need to use the pink pen on my show did you notice that pens actually come with a little ball of wax on the tip i've never noticed that yeah before. and so you break that off and then you're able to write somebody said to me well why doesn't my new pen work well you didn't remove the wax they huh. do that so it won't dry out now you know so I'm writing with a pink pen, thanks to Debbie over at Dollar Tree. Also, uh, very happy birthday to Debbie's son, Jake, twelve years who old. turned 12 years old and celebrating tonight. So happy birthday, buddy. And thank you um, 
for the pens. Yeah, Debbie. thanks, Debbie, for the purple pen. <laughs> now she can write down your notes. So get into the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. And uh, if you have questions, mention them. She'll be able to write them in purple ink. Mm-hmm. I can write them in pink ink. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm advertising for Blue Menu here. There we go. They're not paying us enough, so... Hint, hint, blue menu. Feel free. <laughs> All right. What have we got tonight? Uh, exciting show. Um, it's it's always nice to see you, Bailey, um, mm-hmm. but great to have you here, and I'm encouraging people to go check out your bio, but uh, real quickly, you know, what, what brought you back? Here you are. Uh, it was a Facebook conversation. I am just like to be part of the community, like to be a part of... Well, always into the tech stuff. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully you learn lots and enjoy. Uh, like I say, the community is one of the things that makes yeah. the show um, so excitement. So thanks, Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of it is the community here. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have this newer technology power to you. Have you ever seen anything like this, Bailey? I have. I actually saw it. I think, did you have one behind? Yes. I've had this behind me for a while. Yeah, and I was going to ask you what it was. Okay. So uh, one of the things, now last week, uh, Lionel was here and Erica was here and they needed an iPad charger for his phone or an Mm -hmm. iPod charger and I, I had to find this thing which has been you know bent a little bit and so it's it's not quite it doesn't quite go in and i tried to bend it back but the the kids have kind of messed it up and they're expensive Mm -hmm. to replace and you've got a whole bunch of them laying around you tend to plug it in and and leave it plugged in so it's draining power all the time and uh, some people don't don't realize that you're actually losing you know you're wasting electricity by having these things plugged in because they draw power all the time like vampires. <laughs> so that's all fine and good, but it came up in the conversation. Wouldn't it be nice to be able just to plug in your phone or your tablet directly into a wall socket so that you don't have to fumble with all these cables, fumble with all this, uh, this these huge electrical transformers that take up two ports when you plug them in? I don't know. Yeah, probably block the second port. You wouldn't be able to put in a, a block or anything like that. So... Then along comes the power to you from newer technology. You can get them at cat5.tv slash power. Let's rip into this thing and take a quick look. You got nails? I don't have nails. Oh, neither do I. Ah, There we go. Fortunately, and I didn't check this before the show, but fortunately, it does have easy open packaging rather than that stuff that you need scissors for. Okay couple of really great things about this from cat5.tv slash power. Here you go. I'm sure you can see that at home. See these doors? There's your USB port. So it's just an electrical receptacle. And these here are in fact USB, but there's something really unique about this, and that is that on the other side here is a little switch that you can't see when the faceplate is on, but when the door is closed, the power is cut off to the transformers. That's a key thing. That is very key. patented technology right here from newer technology. So when the door opens, as you plug in your USB peripheral, uh, I don't have anything that I can plug in, but it's, it's obvious what it is anyways. But So as the door opens, it powers that port so instantly becomes powered so you may wonder okay well how much power is going to this port it is your standard um, recharge port but 2.5 amps so that's enough power to 
charge uh, an iPad, for example, something that uses uh, a much more powerful uh, electronic transformer. An iPad is a good example because an iPad, you plug it into the computer, USB ports, there's not enough power. I think they're one amp or 1.5 amps. On a computer, uh, you wouldn't be able to charge an iPad because there's not enough power in the port. So this actually has enough power to do it, and it's right in the wall. Nice and easy. Cat5.tv slash power. Let's take a look at how we actually install this. The first thing that we need to do is we need to turn off the power to the receptacle that we're going to replace. So the easy way to do that is to, in fact, plug in a lamp, turn it on, and then go to your circuit breaker, uh, your panel there, and we're going to just flip the switch. And easy way to know is if the if you've got the right circuit is if the light turns off you know that you've got the right circuit the power is gone to that receptacle easy breezy right next we need to actually make sure you can see here that the the butt end of the power to you is rather large it's much larger than a standard uh, 15 amp receptacle and speaking of 15 amp uh, I've got the 15 amp model in my hand we're about to install the the 20 amp model uh, which you'll see has a, a different shaped uh, outlet here. Standard home outlets are going to be 15 amps, so this is going to work for most people at home. Uh, and this, of course, is Canada, U.S., um, and that's going to work for you. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to make sure that that's actually going to fit within the, the box in the wall. We need to make sure it's at least two and a quarter inches wide, three and five-eighths inches uh, from the insides there. And the depth, here's the key thing, two and a half inches. As long as uh, we meet the minimum measurements there, things should fit just fine. Uh, larger boxes are going to give us a little bit more room uh, for the cable management and stuff so that the cables are not kind of bunched in. But as long as you meet those minimums, you're going to be able to get that in and it's going to fit just fine. Uh, now that the power is off to the electrical outlet, um, of course, we need to remove the old one. Uh, in that shot, I actually... No, we we had it in there at that time, but uh, let's get this thing out of here. You'll be surprised how easy it is. Um, and before I actually take that out, I'll just say, if you have any nervousness about doing this kind of thing, it's very basic electrical work. Uh, but if you're nervous about it or you're not too sure, it's probably best to talk to a family member or a friend who knows something about electrical work that would maybe do this for you. Um, call your local electrician and they'll do it for you. Um, it is pretty easy, but I don't want, you know, we don't want to take any risks. So, of course, uh, if you're not comfortable doing it, get somebody else to do it for you. So let's get that old receptacle out of there. Keeping in mind that we've already turned off the breaker, so there is no power here. We're not going to get a shock. And we just basically need to unscrew and remove the cables from that. Nice and easy. Now the black cable is your hot lead. Um, that copper cable, the uncovered cable, or possibly a green cable, that's your ground. And white or gray in the U.S. Uh, is the neutral wire. And you're going to need to know that. One of the things I do like about uh, the Power2U is that it does specify... There's a little W, and you can see that, Bailey. Yep. And the W on this side of the receptacle tells us that this side is the white side of the panel. So the other side, of course, is going to be black. That's the hot leads here. This is going to be the neutral side here, and the W is what specifies that. So we're pretty much ready to install this already. We know what the cables do. Uh, basically, we need to uh, grab that ground wire and put it on the green screw. The white wire is going to go on the white side on either one of those. 
but the black wire is going to go on the other side in the same orientation as the white wire. So if I put it on the bottom, it's going to go on the bottom and so on. So we want to straighten these wires here. And if you break one, don't worry, just strip it again. Uh, just get a, about a quarter of an inch strip there. We want them straight because there's something neat about the Power2U. You'll see that it actually has little indent grooves for the cable to go into. So it's nice and easy to install. You just push the cable in, tighten it up. There we go with the ground. White goes to the side with the W, same thing. Tighten it up. And black goes to our hot lead side as well. Those notch grooves really make it easy. You can see it's just a breeze to put this thing together. There you go. So again, this is the 20 amp model. You can see the difference in the in the outlets there, but it's an identical installation process for the 15 amp as well. So we just screw these in. Don't screw that in perfectly tight. You want it to be level with the drywall. If you screw it in too tight, then the faceplate is not going to sit properly, and that's going to be a problem with this, and I'll explain to you why. You see those switches there for the USB? You can see them now that I've got the faceplate off. So we put the faceplate on. Now it's perfectly snug with those switches for the USB. If it's out from the, from the wall at all, it's going to have a problem with being able to use those switches. So sometimes people have reported on Amazon or something that the USB stopped working. Well, I guarantee you what happened is you've got the, the, the box part of the power to you into the wall too far mm -hmm. so that the faceplate is not able to push those switches when you, op when you open it up. So the, the power never actually turns on to that port. So if you're having that problem, just make sure you adjust the back part so that it comes out a little bit and make sure that that faceplate is nice and snug and that those switches are going to activate. You can, of course, test that. Uh, by plugging in a device, if it doesn't charge, you know that there's no power. Then take off the faceplate before you go assuming that the USB doesn't work. Take off the faceplate, plug in your device, and push down on the button that is normally triggered by that kind of door mechanism. All right. So it's pretty easy to install. You can see it only took about 20 minutes to install. Uh, real easy. The next step, of course, is just to turn the power back on. Um, you can test again by plugging in a lamp. The lamp test is pretty generic. You plug it in, you turn on the circuit, the lamp turns on and you figure, great. <laughs> I personally prefer to use one of these GB testers uh, just because if I mess up the wiring in any way, this is going to tell me more than, yeah, the light turns on. This will tell me if the, you know, if I've got the wiring crossed or if I've put the black on the wrong side, something like that. So one of these can be picked up at any hardware store. Uh, you can grab that and that just gives you a little bit more accurate of a test. And you simply plug that in and then turn on the circuit and that will light up and uh, you'll know whether or not you did it right. I like to test things mm -hmm. before I go plug in my phone in because if I did mess something up, I don't want it to cause any damage or cause any problems. Uh, but you can see that that's really quite easy. So once you're convinced that you've done a good job, the moment of truth is to actually take your device and plug it in. And you'll see that as we take an iPhone here, plug it into the USB port, and it starts to charge. Brilliant. Genius. Genius. Why didn't I think of that? This is a patented device. Why didn't I patent that? Cat5.tv slash power is where you can get one of those. Uh, it's from Newer Technology, Inc. Uh, we love those people over there. They make some great stuff. And I, I don't know. That's just one of those really, really practical kind of devices, I think. Mm -hmm. What would you do with that?
This is the future. <laughs> the future is not having to fumble with all these silly things and plugging them in and plugging this in. And look, the USB ports are not obstructed when something is plugged in. It's really well designed. Mm-hmm. Really, really well designed. So I've got these in the Category 5 merch store, cat5.tv slash power. Check them out. Grab some for your house. What's cool, too, is the uh, the price is very reasonable. I'm not going to say the price because it's available there, and you'll see that the price kind of fluctuates. But the price to put one of these in, be it in the 20 to $30 range, is going to be equivalent or cheaper than buying cheaper one of those things. Yeah. And buying one of these, and you don't actually need this anymore. You're going to just plug right into that, and it's got two ports. So you can charge two devices. You can do whatever. So great, definitely worth it. <laughs> I think so. This is Category Five Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. That's that's where you say I'm. Bailey oh, J. I'm Bailey J. Thompson. She's Bailey J. Thompson. <laughs> I'm new here. <laughs> She's new. Yeah. Hey, I've got uh, more Category Five stickers to give away from the merch store. So make sure you are in the chat room. So good to see everybody. Let's say hi to people in the chat room. I see uh, Agamotto joining us tonight. I see David2926. And Dennis Kelly. Good to see you again. Bob K 54 cool dude. I, I'm sure Bob K 54 is a cool dude, but cool dude is actually in the <laughs> chat room as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, check the pricing. People are talking about the pricing on that device. Um, the power to you get them from cat5.tv slash power but i mentioned uh we sell uh, they're available through amazon on our website we're partnered with amazon now so make sure you order that way uh through amazon canada united states uh i believe there are there's one in france available as well Uh, you'll see all those links right on that site as well very cool hey john (laughs) <laughs> hey, Jot. Um, I'm gonna, here are the top news stories for Category 5.TV Newsroom. Typo, a startup that manufactures an iPhone case with a built-in keyboard resulting in a strangely familiar look to the BlackBerry, was halted by a court order that banned the importation, sale, and marketing of the case in the United States. Typo, co-founded by American Idol's own host, Ryan Seacrest, first unveiled the case in January at CES. The case adds a tactile keyboard to the iPhone and BlackBerry. Lawyers called its design a blatant infringement, saying that the company would vigorously protect their intellectual property. According to a statement issued Friday, Typo intends to appeal. I'll say. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> so this is the keyboard that, well, you see it in the picture there. It's it's a pretty smart case. It's a, yeah, it is very smart. That's pretty good. You know what? I'd, I'd buy it. I miss my BlackBerry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you want that? Yeah, well, I missed the, eh? the keyboard. Yeah. Okay. See, and I'm used to the opposite, but I, I think it's a smart design, smart idea. But really, should they be able to do that? I mean, who, who's to say? Like QWERTY, who who invented QWERTY? Could they like all of a sudden say, "Hey, you know, I've got a QWERTY keyboard here. You're using a QWERTY keyboard on that." It's just oh, when that be a debate can get really dumb. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the design, just because it looks so similar. If it was. Just yeah. a little bit different. I guess so. It is very, very similar in the design. But th- so why don't they just redesign it? Yeah, maybe the one, two, three, four could and continuous could go around <laughs> along the top, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are they thinking? Um, in other news, Turkey has started hijacking net addresses as it steps up attempts to block access to social media. Addresses belonging to Google, Level Three, and Open DNS have all been hijacked by the order of the Turkish government. 
The hijack means that people using those addresses to reach Twitter or YouTube can no longer get through. Net monitoring, monitoring firms say the hijack was concerning and would let go, the government log who was trying to get around its controls. That's, uh, that's pushing it. Last week we talked about how the Turkish government was blocking Twitter now in their attempt at blocking people from using social media. Interesting. Isn't it kind of... I, I mean, it's really... To, to hijack a, a web URL, so basically if I go to Twitter.com, having it redirect to a government-run website, or if I go to Google, I don't know if it's Google+, Plus, probably because of the social yeah, aspect Google of Plus. it. So if I go to Google+, Plus and it redirects me to some other website it's it's almost it's a little bit frightening because where who do you trust now Mm -hmm. because we have a certain level of trust that if i go to twitter.com it's going to take me to twitter's servers and if that ever changes now i'm concerned about my security and you know so where where do these users how, how do you find trust in using the internet in turkey when the government themselves are now rerouting traffic from certain domains. Does that make sense? I don't think it's fair. <laughs> I don't think it's fair, but it's it's a little bit frightening yeah. as far as security goes. Because then, if I if I go to Google or if I go to Twitter and and now it's been hijacked by someone else, and now because of the way that my government runs the internet, I'm not looking for DNS redirection and and things like that. I just think that I'm on Twitter, but it's actually a phishing site because I've been conditioned by my government to not really spot those things. Oh, that's an interesting... Yeah. It seems to me like that could could happen. Definitely. Well, people are going to trust the government or the internet a lot less, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can you trust an internet where the government can (laughs) redirect your traffic to somewhere else? And who know? I I don't really know what they're directing to. It's probably a, a you know a government website that says probably a block. You're it. not allowed to look yeah, at this website. Yeah, like how the FBI will intercept you know Pirate Bay or something and say that, you know this is you know a FBI notification for infringing copyrights or something like that. Maybe something like that. But hmm. scary. A little bit. What do yeah. you guys think? <laughs> Speaking of a. Uh, no privacy. According to Microsoft, attackers are exploiting a newly discovered vulnerability in Microsoft Word that makes it possible to remotely seize control of computers. The in-the-wild attacks work by creating booby-trap documents in the rich text format that exploit a vulnerability in the 2010 version of Microsoft Word, Microsoft Word and advisory, advisory published on Monday. Similar attacks work against other versions of Word, including 2003, 2007, and 2013 for Windows, and Microsoft Office for Mac 2011, and multiple versions of Microsoft SharePoint Server. Emails that are viewed or previewed using the default setting in Outlook allow an attacker to gain same system privileges as the user that is currently logged in. Microsoft has issued a temporary fix that configures Microsoft Office to prevent the opening of RTF files in supported version of Microsoft Word. Users can also protect themselves against exploits by viewing emails in plain text. The advisory, which was released last week, says Microsoft may issue a permanent patch once an investigation into the vulnerability is completed. Okay, that's scary for that's frightening. users of Microsoft's products. And I'll just say, right, you know, I feel like it has to be said, our April Fool's joke happened at the beginning of the show. This is not a joke. This is legit. This is real. Um, 
and and so imagine you're able to receive an email and this happened back in the ie five days Mm -hmm. and this is why everybody you know we all pushed everyone to get off of internet explorer 5 because if you're using outlook express with internet explorer 5 people were able to hackers were able to exploit your entire computer just by sending you an email we thought it was behind us Hmm. so now they're saying in this press release just a week ago that this type of threat is back with all the current products. So if you receive an email, suddenly you've given these users, whoever they are, elevated privileges to your computer. Yeah, complete access. I was in, um, I've been having problems with our our dryer, of all things, (laughs) and I'm, I'm trying to teach myself how to do kind of small appliance repair because I called the repair guy and he said, oh, it's not worth it, just buy a new dryer. And I'm like, excuse me? So that said, I took it apart and I found a fuse that was blown and, a, and the element is wrecked and everything. But that led me to go down to um, a shop downtown where they sell parts for dryers, dryers. And so I went in and took a look around and found the parts that I needed. And I was talking to the lady and, and she was running Windows XP on her cash register. Mm. I said, just so you know, Windows XP ends in, in a week, April 8th, right? And she says, she says, yeah, I heard about that, but I'm not really concerned because I really just use it, you know. Who, no, her comment was, who's going who's gonna to hack me, <laughs> right? I'm an appliance store. Not concerned because who's going to hack me? I'm just an appliance store. Nobody cares. No, they're going to hack the government or the school or, you know, whatever. And I tried to explain to her, you know, I had my son with me and I was there to shop, not to, not to preach about Windows XP, but fact is, these days, bots, you've heard of botnets and scripts, and it's, it's not a hacker. It's not me sitting down at my computer trying to hack into Bailey's computer, because what would be the purpose in that, right? Yeah. So instead, they've got these me- mega systems called botnets. They have possibly thousands of computers all talking to each other, and those computers are going through the Internet and saying, okay, dun, 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 and just finding websites. As easy as a cold caller picks up a phone and starts at 0000, and starts going 00001, and eventually they get to your phone number, right? So they're going through all the IPv4 addresses, and there's not a lot of them. Eventually they find your computer, they scan it, and they figure out what exploits they can do. They don't care that you're an appliance shop or Bailey J. Thompson. <laughs> They just see a computer on the web that's connected, that is exploitable, that we can now bring into our fold and make it a part of our botnet. Now we're one more computer powerful. So now we can use that to attack government websites. We can use that supercomputer that we've created to attack the real deal, to make the real attacks. So who wants to hack an appliance store? Anyone. (laughs) The appliance store is just another IP address. And because they're wide open with Windows XP. And now with this kind of thing, it's, okay, all I need to do is send you an email, and now I've got access to your computer. And guess what? (laughs) Ha-ha, you're logged in as an administrator account, so so am I. And now I've got full access to your computer, and I can do anything I want. But who's going to want to hack me? Right? Yeah. Good perspective. (laughs) Has nothing to do with who you are or what you do has everything to do with them creating this supercomputer network and then doing the malicious stuff using your hydro, using your computer. <laughs> and that's how you, you wonder, okay, well, why, how can the banks get hacked? 
How can millions of Bitcoins be stolen? How can this kind of stuff happen and them not just go, oh, okay, let's trace that, and there, that's where the hacker lives? Because it's thousands of computers all at once doing this, attacking, and they're your computers. They're my computers. They're whoever's computers are connected to the Internet and allowed to be exploited. So if you're running XP, keep in mind you have to turn it off this week. That just made me think about it. That's yeah. All. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell stuff. my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you do about it? This one is big. This is If they can exploit you by sending you an email or making you open an RTF file, it's stupid because... I'm sick and tired of Microsoft just band-aiding things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like everything? It's all no. We're not going to fix it right now. We're just going to tell. We're going to give you a patch that turns off your ability to open RTF documents. What if you need RTF documents? Rich text format, right? Maybe you have a bunch of old documents in RTF format. Now you can't open them. So get LibreOffice. For example, it's free. LibreOffice.org. I'll post a link in the show notes for episode number two forty-one, three forty-one. Sorry, don't want to lose 100 weeks. 341. Um, But you can get this patch if you're on Microsoft Windows and you've got an exploitable piece of software, best to install this patch that simply turns off the ability to open RTF files. Perfect. There's my rant. (laughs) (laughs) Top piracy sites generate millions in advertising revenue. One estimate from the Digital Citizens Alliance suggested that piracy websites worldwide generated 227 million from advertising each year. Whoa! <laughs> We're in the wrong business, Bailey! That's crazy. According to them, even smaller sites commanded revenues into the hundreds of thousands. In response, police have created an online database of websites verified as being illegal. It is their hope that firms that ha- handle advertising will subscribe to a resource in order to make sure that they do not serve advertising t- on those sites, cutting off their <laughs> revenue st- dream. Doubtful? What do you think? What do I think? <laughs> what do you guys think in the chat room? Here's here are my quick thoughts. Okay, so the police. Who who are the police? Yeah, that's right? what I was gonna say. Who are the police? So the police. The cyber crime division. The world police. <laughs> so they're they're giving a list to these advertising agencies that are making millions of dollars off of these piracy websites and they're clean. They've got no blood on their hands. They're an advertising agency just sourcing the ads to... But they're getting revenue. Do you think it's just the piracy sites that are getting revenue? No, they get a revenue share. So do you think that any... I mean, maybe the big ones are going to get forced. Like Google has policies in place that says that they can't you know, support... They can't, you can't put ads on illegal websites and things like that. But there are other advertising agencies that will. How, how could you possibly... Expect yeah. to stop that, at least by a list. <laughs> Sorry, the Pirate Bay is on that list, so we're going to just scratch out that billion dollars that we made last year from the Pirate Bay and uh, go bankrupt because of it, because you're on this list that we can voluntarily subscribe to. Doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Do you guys agree? Is that crazy? Not that I support piracy or anything like that. It's a crime. Yeah. Piracy is a crime, folks. I pirated that image. I was going to say, where did you get that? I pirated it <laughs> off of a movie. <laughs> anyway. What else you got? Uh, Robbie and Sasha talked about fake support call scammers on episode 327. And it sounds like one of the perpetrators who is running the scam in Europe has been caught. 
a man who ran a Microsoft computer scam tricking people into paying for free antivirus software, has received a suspended four-month jail sentence. Mohammed Khalid Jamil, not sure if I said that right, 34, from England, hired people at an Indian call center to tell victims that their computer had a serious problem. The targets would then be charged between 35 and $150. Uh, that would be Is it pounds? Pounds. I think that's pounds. For Microsoft Security Essentials, a product that is provided for free to Windows users. The victims, unaware of the scam, would offer remote access to the fraudsters, meaning that their computers would be controlled from a remote location. Once given this access, Target's computers would be made less secure, at which point scammers would offer in return for a fee to install the software to fix the problem. In court, Jamil admitted to unfair trading by allowing his staff to make false claims regarding computer support services. Now, I noticed that I made an error in, I, I heard that it's four months that he went to jail. I thought it was four years. Four months oh, Well, actually, the got. next sentence says he will spend four I think years that might have been my typo. Long? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got four months in jail. He's got to pay all these fines. fines so. But this guy, I mean, he's just one of probably many who were, you know, doing these calls. What episode was that? The uh, 327. 327. We had an interview with somebody who actually caught these guys. Uh, very interesting if you're if you're curious about phishing scams, phishing scams, and the way that people are tricked. But basically, would pick up the phone, call you. There mm-hmm. it is in the phone calls, right? And say, you know, we're calling from Microsoft. Uh, we suspect that your computer is infected with a virus because... And some uh, people fall for it because your ISP will call you mm-hmm. and say, you got a virus, so we shut off your internet until you clean it. So these guys call up and say, hi, we're Microsoft. We'll actually fix it for you. You just need to let us remote into your computer. And, and I'm s- summarizing very, very quickly. But they use uh, manipulative techniques to trick you into letting you in uh, them into your computer. So these guys would get in and then charge your credit card for who knows what. Mm-hmm. They're not giving you anything. They're actually, in fact, exploiting your computer. And then they install Microsoft Security Essentials, <laughs> which is available for free because Microsoft lost a lawsuit. So um, And then they got paid. So good that somebody got caught. But it, it you know, almost seems like they're trying to make an example of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who's listening as far as these, ha- you know, vishers go? Again, it boils down to they're making so much money off of it. Yeah, it's all about money. And who knows who's really, you know, they put one guy in jail for four months and charged him. Well, who's actually making the calls? The, you said there's a call center in India. How related are they mm-hmm. as far as who's actually breaking the law? Although for all, we know the callers didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought they were working for Microsoft. Who knows? Yeah. But then again, could this guy just be the fall boy? That's good. You know? Yeah. And in that case, well, who's walking away with yeah. all the proceeds? I don't know. Just sit here with my pink pen. <laughs> Thanks, Bailey. Yep. Nicely done. Thank you. Those are the top stories for the Category5.tv newsroom. You can catch more stories at Category5.tv slash newsroom. And, of course, uh, we've got links there. We mentioned some of the Microsoft exploits and things. Links are available for you, not only in the show notes for episode number 341, but also on our newsroom website, Category5.tv slash newsroom. And there you have it. If you have a story that is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at Category5.tv. The newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. We've got uh, your viewer questions. I've got a full chat room. Great to see you. Chat room, how are you? I'm going to let you um, read a question because now you're in, in the chat room. And, and I'm going to do a draw for some stickers. And so I, I need to actually omit you from that draw because you're going to you probably win it. <laughs> so you have some questions for me. Uh, yep. And chat room, get our attention as well. If you have a question for us, uh, just ping either Bailey J or myself. Okay, I have a question for Lassitha. Um, Password Box is an awesome app, and I love it. Thank you, Cat5 and yeah. Password Box team. Keep on the Cat5 TV program. I'm from Sri Lanka. We don't have any technology podcasts or TV shows, and we watch your TV show every week. Thank you. I guess that wasn't a question. That was more of a comment. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, th- thank you very much for the comment. It's nice to have you joining us. Uh, we love having viewers from all over the world. Um, and uh, sorry, I didn't catch the name. Lex- Lexitha? I hope that it's, I I've hope got I that said that right. Close to right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Sri Lanka. It's nice to to be being watched in Sri Lanka. Yeah, exactly. So, thanks for tuning in. Please spread the word and share the show with your friends. Yep, I have I have another question. Um, hi, Category Five TV on episode three thirty two password box. Megan talked about an additional password given to your digital beneficiary at the end in the event of your death and how it gets combined with your original password to decrypt your data. If you are gone, how do they get access to your original password? I do not think this is the case, so where does this digital beneficiary password reside and why can't it be used as a password reset by the malicious person or even scarier unwarranted government and law enforcement officials to obtain your data? Good question. Hmm. Yeah, that's and that's a big question. <laughs> that's because, a very big. And and Megan Megan Smolders, who was here on the show at Category Five TV, um, do check out that episode. Uh, maybe jot if you could look it up for us and and post it in the in the chat room so that Bailey can let us know the episode number if you don't mind. Um, it was a lot of fun talking to Megan, but I got the impression with some things, and that's one of them. Basically, you know, I tried to get under how the digital beneficiary works and i kind of got the impression that through that discussion there are some trade secrets some proprietary things that they don't want to reveal possibly you know and i can understand this you don't want to reveal your security secrets because yes they're effective but if you reveal too much then of course it can more potentially be exploited and and so it's never a good idea to really reveal how your security works and i got the impression through the interview that that was one of those kinds of uh, button topics that that megan didn't really want to get too technical on as far as i understand it so the question really is okay well if if I were to pass away, one of the great things about Password Box, Bailey, uh, which is cat5.tv slash password, go there, try it for free. Um, it memorizes all your passwords for you, but has one master password. Mm-hmm. Neat thing is if I die, it will now give all my passwords to my wife, for example. Because my wife has an unlock password. She is my digital beneficiary. So how is it, the question becomes, how is it that if they can unlock it for my wife, they can't unlock it for the police. We're going to use the word police because I like that. It's so generic. Um, 
which makes sense, right? It's a good question. That would be a fear as you're giving your passwords to the service. So understanding the way that, um, I, I don't know all the terms, um, and, and encryption is not really it, but think encryption just because that's an easy way for me to say it. It's very advanced and sophisticated and probably beyond me. Uh, Garby would probably in the chat room know more about this kind of stuff than I would. Um, but if I have a key that gives me access to, um, to, to something, a physical key that gives me access to something, and I can use that key to open it, and, and that's fine, but my wife also has a key to open it, right? They're not the same key, but they both will unlock the lock. But the third key that is not my wife's or mine will not unlock that lock because it's designed, the lock is designed to only work with those two keys. So the keys are, you know, my main master key and my wife's um, digital beneficiary key. Um, that would be a real simple way to, ex you know, explain it, but... I think that there's there's some of that. So Megan did let on that there is no way for them even as a company to decrypt your passwords um, because they don't have a key to it. If I were to lose my master password, there would be no way to recover my passwords because they don't have any way to, you know, you can't change your password on something like that. Not the master decryption password anyways. It's very sophisticated. It's very secure. Password Box has been working really, really well for me. I love it. Um, and our viewers there, we got a couple of emails uh, just saying how great it is. Mm -hmm. um, the whole idea is to eliminate the need to remember multiple passwords by giving yourself one really good, strong password that unlocks the rest. But you have to know that one that only you know. Right? And it is unhackable if you're smart about the way that you set up your password. And we've talked about how to do that using password recipes on previous episodes. So it really, who knows the magic behind it, but it's there. Awesome. Don't know if that helps. <laughs> Hope so. Hey, Garby, in the chat room, kind of explaining some of the things away. Um, and Jot mentioning there. Megan was on episode 332. So check that one out. Category 5 TV, episode 332. Learn all about Password Box. And I'm sure if you have, you know, maybe we could email, uh, but I think that really kind of covers it. It's a trade secret, and they can't really reveal in depth. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just opening up a can of worms, right? Some things have to be proprietary with a system like that. Otherwise, it's, it's too dangerous. And that makes sense to me. I know we like things to be open, <laughs> but there are cases where it needs to be closed. Uh, um, oh, Invincible Mutant. And, and you tr uh, try to watch the chat room as well, because I do see some questions here. Invincible Mutant there. Uh, wondering if it's safe to store your online banking password in Password Box. And it is, yes. And in fact, Password Box um, has some really neat features uh, as a browser plugin that will automatically sign you into your banking. But again, you have to have your master unlock password. So it's not like somebody else can sit down at your computer and, and log into your banking. No, you first have to unlock your password box program. I like to set my password box account to automatically 
log me out after 15 minutes of inactivity. That way, if I walk away from my computer, people can't log into my services. Um, but yes, it's it's as secure as anything can be considered these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there. It's much safer. Uh, the con- the contemplation becomes what is safer putting your stuff on this service that is known to be safe and that puts every effort into making sure that your data is safe your passwords are safe versus having the same password on all these different websites so then somebody hacks twitter and gets your password and all of a sudden they can get access to all your other sites and your online banking because you use the same password that's not safe this lets me to give you a concept and not to talk about password box for too long because you can go back to that episode. Uh, but to give you an idea, when I sign up for new services, password box automatically generates this crazy password, like 32 characters long. It's alphanumeric, uppercase, lowercase, everything. And it's really hard for a computer to ever hack it. It's impossible for a person to ever guess it. And it assigns, so I'm signing up and I fill in everything else and password box automatically fills in the password form for me. I didn't even have to see it. Hmm. And it, now I've got a, this crazy strong password that password box generated, stored. And now anytime I go to that website, it automatically fires me as a, into a logged in account because password box automatically logs you in. So, so it's, it's, yeah, That's- use it to generate a password for your <laughs> online banking. And just keep in mind that you can always change your password with a forgot password, and that's one of those other security exploits. If somebody gets a hold of your email account, they can go to your online banking and say forgot password, right? Because now they've got your email, and so they'll receive the email, and they can change your password, and now they can log in. So set your email in the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, chat room. And thank you for the question as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, I have another question from Timothy from Overland Park. All right, Timothy. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Um, Ativ Gibson of TWIT, what's that? Oh, Twit. Uh, this Week in Tech. Oh, thank you. That's another show. That's another show. Yes. That's why I didn't know about that. Okay. Yeah, we, we only watch Category yeah. 5. What are you doing watching other shows? <laughs> I guess you got more than one hour in the week, so fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So... <laughs> Um, admits that he is using an old version of XP. He says that most hacks are for XP are are by user acts, websites, attachments, etc. That ATMs are not capable of. It makes sense that AT- the ATMs are not watching cat videos on YouTube or looking for videos. My guess is that they are all on VPNs and are much safer than my new Windows 7. In another vein, the only thing I can get, can't get over from my move from XP machine is the file system, directories. It is like living in customer service. And are there <laughs> replacement file browsers for Windows 7? Again, love the show. <laughs> okay. Timothy. Okay, so now this is, this is a game of telephone a little bit because we're getting this as third-party information. You know, and it's like anything. I don't want to put these words into their mouth at twit i think it raises some very real concerns if those are the kinds of suggestions that are being made and let's let's forget about the fact that timothy said that this came from twit because then because then we can just talk about it Mm -hmm. and we don't have to worry about it's not category five versus this week Mm -hmm. in tech what who's who's right who's wrong it's nothing like that 
Um, I, I did mention Windows XP off the top of the show. We talked a little bit about it earlier, about why it's important that we lose it. Um, what does he say? The XP hacks are user accidents, uh, websites, attachments, etc. And that's true enough, but it, are you still safe to run Windows XP? No, because remember, we talked about the, uh, the, the appliance store. Mm. It's not a user accident or a website or an attachment that causes a port scan. Period. We plugged in a brand new router. We're looking, we're investigating some really neat new routers that are consumer priced, but really, really high end. We plugged it into a brand new internet DSL connection so that we could get it set up and working. What's unique about this particular router is that it has basically like a CSF LFD firewall built in, that style of firewall. So it knows if someone's port scanning and will block their IP address. It knows if someone's trying to hack into your computers through the firewall from the outside world and will block that IP address. Interesting that when we plugged this in and put it onto a new DSL connection that had no computers plugged into it at all, it was just a connection to the internet because we, we provide DSL internet so we can just set one up and plug it in and test. And within a day, we were seeing 20, 30 port scans like in an hour's time. So we're watching these logs, and, and at work, we're blown away. We're, we're going, think about the poor users who plug in their cable modem, get an IP address, and think, great, I'm online. Meanwhile, they've got a wide-open admin console. They've got the ability for somebody to log in and reroute ports and uh, to be able to port scan their network and they've got wide open Wi-Fi and all of a sudden they, you know, well, nobody would ever hack me. I'm an appliance store. Hello. <laughs> port scans are happening on every IP address pretty much all the time and they're moving through the IP blocks. And I use IPv4 because that's a good example because there aren't a lot of them. It doesn't take long to get through. So I, I disagree. If you're running Windows XP, you have to close it down. Never fire it up. And that goes for any obsolete old software that is no longer getting security p patches. And again, I talked about it on the show that yeah, if Microsoft brings out the updates for Windows 7, don't bring them out for Windows XP. It's like get, saying to the hackers, here's how you can exploit Windows XP because there's all these ways to get into your system. It ends up being a bit of a security show, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have a different non-security related question. Fantastic. It's simple. Um, can you fax with the NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi? Oh. Well, I just happen to have a NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi right here. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, go to cat5.tv slash phone. Oh, look at this. Okay, and the, I, it's a valid question because this is voice over IP. Magic Jack says that you can use it for a phone, but you can't use it for fax. Right. Here's the NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi. What's that? Fax friendly. There you have it. <laughs> Where are you? Fax. It says fax friendly. So apparently, now I've never done it because it seems archaic. You can send email now, but apparently it'll work. So how do you like that? It's very cool. Really cool indeed. 
All right, before we run out of time, I'm going to load up Drawbot here, and we're going to see what is going on. You ever met Drawbot? I haven't. Drawbot is our really cool robot that goes out to our chat room, grabs everybody's name. Oh, I, yes, I have them up, that. spits them out, and gives somebody an awesome prize. I know, it's stickers with our logo, but they're great stickers. Yeah, very I'd cool love colors. To send them to you. <laughs> so get in the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. Drawbot is ready. Here we go. This is for the two stickers. Uh, these are Category 5 TV logo stickers. They are a clear vinyl, and we've printed them in both light colored and dark colored. So if you've got a silver laptop, we've got the, uh, the, the dark one. We've got the light one for if you've got a black laptop. Or whatever you want to stick them to. It works really, really well. Good. Chat room, it's so good to see you. Let's, while we're waiting for that to go by, uh, because this is drawing names from our chat room, uh, I want to say welcome to our newly registered viewers, and maybe we can name off uh, some of these people. Sure. Uh, fixing Stuff. Fixing Stuff, nice to have you here. <laughs> B with Age. George Crawford. Brain Q49. Lackmadoo. G-Man, Carl W. Campbell, Adelaide G.K.M. She said that one with confidence. Did I? Adelaide Did I? Oh, I G.K.M. I don't know. <laughs> hey, nice to have you here anyways, <laughs> even if we say it wrong. <laughs> V.E.7.B.B.D. Hey. Sergio P. Or Sergio. Sorry if I got that wrong too. Zorin Soon. Hey, nice. Jim7FL. Florida Bob. Fastcat666. Thornio and TSL27 or 247. Welcome to the show, everybody. These are our newly registered viewers, and you can register on our website, category5.tv. It's absolutely free. And then you can participate in draws and get some free resources that are available for you there. And lots of exciting stuff. We've got behind the scenes that are coming soon as well as we launch our Roku channel. That's coming to our website as well. Here we go, Voodoo Sandman, TikTok, Dennis Kelly, Napa Polar Bear, Eric, Dreamer. Lots of names. It takes Drawbot a while to get through. GWG, nice to see you, Garby, Old Salt. They go by too fast. We can't. You see what I mean? It's hard to read, eh? <laughs> Talking cool, dude. This is for some vinyl stickers from Category 5's merch store at shop.category5. TV. We're speeding up. Here we go. Thanks, Jot. Let's see if Jot wins some stickers. Being all mean to me. The winner of our vinyl stickers is G Pop 7. Congratulations, G Pop 7. I've got these stickers. I'm ready to send you all you have to do is send me an email live at category5.tv and give me your mailing address that I can send those to, and they will be in the mail. Congratulations. All right. Well, we are just uh, flying tonight. Mm -hmm. Do we have a real quick question that I can tackle? Um, yeah. I would, uh, from Becca, I would like to oh, learn yeah. how to create some simple memes. Or how do you say Meme that? Memes, memes I think. Memes. Now that you say it, I don't. Yeah, know. I, know. I don't really know. It's I one of those words know. that you've only ever read. <laughs> so we'll say meme. Yeah, That's a quote atop a colored background to share on Facebook. There's an example there, but okay. With one minute, so I'm going to use GNU Image Manipulation Program because it's free, 
and and it works really really well. You can get it for Windows, Linux, Mac, whatever, uh, at gimp.org. And with this program, there you go. What we need to do is just create a new blank canvas. So file new. And what we want to do, we're creating. Uh, basically, if you're an author, and Becca's an author, so you know uh, one of the common things to do is when you're posting links to your blogs and things, it's nice to have something a little more catchy with some fancy fonts and things like that. You know, be it white text on a black background or a purple background with white, you know, and just do something a little bit nicer to catch people's eye as they're scrolling through their Facebook timeline. So we're going to really quickly do that, and you may want to play with some of the, you know, the image size, but essentially you want to start with you know, proportions that are equivalent to a computer monitor. So 1280 by 720 or something like that would be widescreen. Uh, if you want to do 1280 by 1024 for 4 over 3. Um, but I think probably widescreen is, is pretty common. And it really depends on how it shows up. So you might try it a couple times and find that perhaps Facebook works better with certain dimensions. But there you go. We've gone uh, 1,280 pixels wide and 720 pixels high. So I can right-click and I can go edit and fill with my foreground color or my background color. So to select those, over in my tool options dialog, I'm going to click on my foreground and choose a color. So let's say I want to go with a nice maroon. So I've just changed the the color there and now I can right click and go edit fill with foreground color and I've got this really nice maroon keep in mind that I'm zoomed out so it's actually you know a little bit larger there's the actual size but Facebook is going to automatically scale it on the dark maroon my white is going to look nice for text so I've just reversed those so that the foreground is now white and I can click on my text button here text tool and now drag from the top corner down to the bottom right corner and start typing so here is my great quote and you notice that it's really itty bitty text so I'm going to hit control A and then increase the font size with the, these buttons up here until I've got the font at about the size that I want and then over here on the right hand side we can do things like centering the text and then drag the, the box so that it's centered vertically there you go and you might want to change the font face and, and things like that with as little time as we have. Not sure with GIMP. Let's see. I think with GIMP you have to change the font face, unlike Photoshop where you can change um, each one with GIMP. You kind of pick the one that you like. And if you want to change if you want the second font to be a different one, you can cut it and then paste, uh, create a new text layer, which is not ideal. I understand that. It's not, Photoshop probably has GIMP beat when it comes to that part. But there you go. Now I can put migrate there. And now I can take migrate and I can change that to a different font, right? And then go back to my other layer here. Here is, change quote to a bit of a, a gray color. So it's not quite as white. There you go. So there's there's a starting point anyways to kind of get started and then you can have that just catch people's eye so that 
on your Facebook timeline. Now, of course, they're going to click on and, and possibly check out your blog because something that you've said is maybe a quote from your blog, quote from your website, your book, and now that's going to draw people's attention. So I'm happy to uh, go a little bit further with that. Becca, I know I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But hopefully that gives us somewhere to start. So, Bailey, it's nice to see you. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for being here. Did you have fun? Yeah, I did. Flies by. It the does fly by. Like, Wow, where'd the hour go, eh, folks? So thanks, everybody, in the chat room. Thank you, those who are watching live through all of the different ways you can. If you're watching, uh, you're possibly even watching on Roku right now. Uh, Not at the time that we're live, but you'll be watching this uh, as we're launching on April 8th our new Roku channel. So Kelsey Jensen is going to be joining me in, on the show uh, next Tuesday night. We are going to be revealing our Roku channel. We're going to be looking at the Roku. We're going to be plugging it into the server here so that we can broadcast, show you how the Roku works, all the inner workings of how to get it going, how to use it, and then how to set up your new Category 5 TV Roku channel. So we're looking forward to that. Bailey, great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Have a great week. Night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 